around this joint. Around this joint. Around this joint. Around this joint. Please be advised. This story contains mature themes and strong language, not suitable for ages 17 and under. Also, be advised, this particular episode does not contain me. I mean, can you believe this? I'm the lead character, and she decides to not include me? It's like not even the same show. It's like a spinoff. Well, you know what? Restart the intro in the criminal justice system. Sexually based offenses are considered especially heinous. In New York City, the dedicated detectives who investigate these vicious felonies are members of an elite squad known as the Special Victims Unit. These are their stories. Dun dun! Margaret Olive Jacobs. Wife, mother, sister, friend, and teacher. These are the words sitting in italics on the front of the obituary. For early January, the weather feels quite pleasant, and an outside funeral is befitting for Miss Margaret. She loved being outdoors, tending to her flowers, walking the dogs, going on hikes, laying on the beach. She was even known for having her classes pack up their stuff and head out of the building for impromptu lessons on the lawn. That's where Chief Larry Jacobs met her, outside on the lawn of the high school, going over her lesson plans. Back then, he was still just a rookie cop, getting a feel for the community on the school's campus, handling a work matter. And there she was, the most beautiful woman he'd ever saw sitting in the middle of the grass surrounded by a pile of neon-colored folders. That day begun a lifetime of laughter, smiles, memories, family, tears, heartache, pain, and sickness. And now, she's gone. The turnout was overwhelming. Many of her fellow teachers and hundreds of her former students showed up. Caretakers from the hospital and hospice, as well as many other Charleston police officers and their families. Being so close-knit to the chief and his wife, AJ is, of course, there to pay his respects. Seated next to him is his best friend, Carter. AJ and Carter have been best friends since playing baseball together in middle school. After both attending the University of Charleston, they joined the police academy and our partners on the force. They've always had each other's backs and grew even closer after Andrina passed. AJ honestly doesn't know if he'd be the man he is today without Carter as a best friend and Chief Jacobs as a mentor. They were there for him, and then he was there for Carter when his dad died. And now, for the chief with his wife. One thing Miss Margaret would always say, his family is what you make it. In spite of the loss, they've made a family amongst themselves, and each of them are grateful for it. Morning, Carter. Morning, AJ. Glad you boys can make it out today. I know my Maggie loved you both. Good morning, Chief. You already know we'd be here by your side, especially for Miss Margaret. Morning, Chief. Yeah, you know we love Miss Margaret right back. We're so sorry for her passing. So, how old are you holding up, sir? 
Well, I honestly don't think it's hit me that she's really gone just yet. We spent so much time fighting to keep her here. Then making preparations for today. <sighs> I'm just grateful to be surrounded by family and friends. I mean, look at all these people. Look how many of her kids came. I just know my Maggie's looking down, smiling on us all right now. It really is a lot of love here. You know how much she meant to the community, to the school, to us all. We're really here for you, Chief. So please, let us know if you need anything. Hey, Dad, I'm going to head back to the house. There's too many people out here and I need some space. Oh, uh, okay, Lenny. So you're not going to the community hall to eat with us and thank everyone for coming to celebrate your mother's legacy? Nah, you can thank them for me. Most of these folks don't even know me anyway. Yeah, sure. Well, the least you can do is say hello to AJ and Carter standing right in front of you. Guys, it's my son, Leonard. I believe you may have all gone to the high school together. Hey, Leonard. It's nice to finally meet you. I don't remember you from school, but you're the chief's son, so that makes us like family. Your dad and mom have been a real blessing to me and my family over the past few years. You're lucky to have them as parents. Yeah, I know. They're great people, thanks. Glad they could be there for you. Hey, Lenny. I remember you being my big brother's class. Good to see you. Sorry about your mom. She was a sweet lady and everyone's favorite English teacher. Thanks. All right, Dad, I'm gone. See you at the house. Before anyone could say anything else, Leonard walks away and passes through the sea of people without making eye contact with any other funeral guests. The Chief, AJ, and Carter watch him as he crosses the cemetery, hops into his truck, and pulls off. His white SUV is accentuated with crocodile green rims and black tinted windows with small neon green lizard decals in each corner. For some reason, AJ stares at the decals and thinks to himself how the vehicle matches this guy's awkward personality. Oh man, Chief. I didn't know your son was here. I'm glad he was able to make it home and be with you. Yeah, him, my brother, and my sister-in-law have all been here for the past few months, helping me with Maggie and getting things settled around the house. You both have seen Marissa around the precinct, haven't you? Detective Jacobs? That's my brother Leroy's wife. Yeah, I bumped into her a few times. She seems really serious about the job and life. <laughs> yep, that's Marissa. She was one of the best detectives in homicide in Decatur, Georgia, with the 97% closing rate. When her and Roy said they were coming here, first thing I told her to do was put in papers to transfer to our district. It would be good having her with us. And I know the boys over in North Charleston would benefit from her help while she's here. Well, I've seen her, but for some reason I can't get a second of her time to connect about my dad's case. I'm not trying to interfere or anything, it's just, it's my pops. Y'all know. Yeah, I feel you, bro. Well, hopefully you can talk to her later today. Alright, guys. I'm going to make my rounds and thank people. I doubt if everyone would be able to go to the hall. So I need to show my gratitude while they're here. I'll talk to you boys later. All right, Chief. See you in a few, and I'll call you later in the night. 
Lady Chief, keep your head up, sir. We're here for you. Sabrina and County Prosecutor Sierra Holloway are seated next to each other in the magistrate chambers of Judge Lydia Taylor. Sierra is medium height with a slender build with a bronze nutmeg skin tone that glows effortlessly. Her hair is cut in a bone straight jet black blunt bob and she's wearing a dark gray fitted pantsuit with silver jewelry. Sabrina and Sierra were two of only three minority females in law school together. Yet, with Sabrina being 10 years her senior, Sierra thought it was pointless to befriend her and honestly didn't believe she'd graduate, let alone pass the bar. But here they sat, side by side, preparing to go up against each other in court. Sierra personally believes the case is open and shut and can't figure out why Sabrina would waste everyone's time and taxpayers' money with a trial. If it was her client, she would have advised him to accept the deal and avoid all this public embarrassment. But nope. To trial they all go. Good afternoon, counselors. Good afternoon, Judge Taylor. Good afternoon, Judge. It's nice to see you today. I called you both into my chambers to set some ground rules for the trial that begins in the morning. I can't begin to express how high profile this case is. The press are all over it, and I don't want my courtroom turned into a circus. Well, Your Honor, with the pressure coming from the mayor's office to make things right and all eyes of the city watching, I'm not understanding why we're even taking this to trial. The deal my office offered was very considerate given the circumstances. Excuse me, Your Honor but the circumstances are that my client is innocent and therefore deserves his day in court to be properly defended and judged by a jury of his peers. Andrew Braddock Sr. is a prominent businessman and impactful philanthropist. I don't believe the city's residents nor the mayor's office is in a hurry to simply toss away one of Charleston's finest. <laughs> Sounds like you're practicing for tomorrow's opening arguments, Mrs. Braddock. When you stay ready, you don't practice to get ready, Miss Hall. It is still Miss, isn't it? Okay, ladies, that's enough of that. And quite frankly, it's a precise example of what I don't want happening in my courtroom. So, let's set these ground rules and get this straight. There will be no snide remarks across the floor and no raised voices. If anyone's going to raise their voice during this trial, it's going to be me. And I'm believing I won't have to. Are we clear? Very clear, Your Honor. Yes, clear. Also, no manipulative tricks, press stunts, and underhanded witness examination tactics. That applies to you both, but especially to you, Counselor Holloway. Judge Taylor, I'm not sure why that's directed at me. Because your reputation precedes you, and you've been in my courtroom before, remember? Duly noted, Your Honor. Good. I'm really hoping we can get through this smoothly and efficiently. Now, if neither of you have any pressing matters to address, please enjoy the remainder of your day, and I'll see you both in the morning. Man. There were almost as many people in the community hall as there was in service this morning. I know, right? So good to see how much she was loved. 
Jacobs have done so much for the city. I'm glad the chief gets to see the appreciation and know his wife's life meant a lot to so many people. It's odd that their son wasn't here, though. I mean, I didn't even know he was back in town. Chief hasn't mentioned it at all over the past couple months. Yeah, I heard he was around. A few of the guys who knew him from back in the day said they saw him at King's Cabaret a couple nights ago. And I know I've seen that goofy-looking-ass truck driving around during my daytime patrol over the past few weeks. I just didn't know it was the chief's son. I just don't get why he wouldn't have introduced us before today. I've seen pics of him at their place, and I've always asked about how he's doing. What has chief said about him? Nothing much, really. Just that Leonard grew up in Charleston and left home a couple years after high school graduation. Wanted to get out of the country and see the world. You know how kids are. That don't speak much, and that he doesn't say much. Miss Margaret spoke to him the most, I believe. <laughs> well, from what I remember, he seemed like a kid who hated Charleston and everyone in it, so that doesn't surprise me. What you mean? And how is it that you remember him and I don't? Bruh, we've been best friends since seventh grade. We know all the same people. He was two years older than us, so him and Bryce were seniors during our sophomore year. Only reason I remember him is because upperclassmen called him Lizard Lenny, and Bryce would tell me stories about how when they were in middle school and throughout most of high school, he never really socialized with other kids. He was always playing with and experimenting on lizards and baby gators in his backyard. <laughs> Bryce said they even think he used to talk to them like those were his for real friends. <laughs> what? Yeah, well, he seemed pretty antisocial today at the service, so I can see that being the case. And that explains those corny decals on his windows. Still don't get why Chief wouldn't mention his son was home. I mean, he's their only kid. Well, at least his mom got to see him before she passed. Yeah, that is a good thing. I know she was happy. And honestly, bro, Chief probably didn't say anything because how do you introduce the son you never wanted to the son you've always wanted? What? Come on, Carter. Don't start with that. I'm certain he loves Leonard. Plus, him and my dad are too tight for him to want me to be his son. I'm just saying. Don't act like you're not Chief's favorite. Shit, when we were in college, I saw him on campus checking on you more than Pops. Man, you already know he was one of the first officers on the scene the night my sister died. Couldn't even think straight. Felt like my heart was going to explode out my damn chest. But he was there. He sat with me. And kept me sane until my parents pulled up. He's just been there for me ever since. For my whole family, actually. And for you. So come on, man. <laughs> I know, AJ. I'm just kidding with you, bro. Maybe it just slipped his mind to introduce you to. You know, with everything going on with hospice and stuff. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Hey, look. There's Jacobs. Let's go say hey before she gets in the car. Maybe she'll talk to you now. Good idea. Good afternoon, Jacobs. Just wanted to come over and say hello. And, of course, uh, we're sorry for your loss. Hey, thank you for that. And we're not at work, so please just call me Marissa. 
So, Marissa, how have things been going? You getting acclimated to Charleston and the precinct okay? AJ, I'm going to stop you right there. Now is not the time to discuss work nor anything related to your father's case. Huh? What do you mean? I was just asking how things are coming along, you know, since you're new to the city and the district and everything. <laughs> Seriously? You do know you're talking to a detective, right? I know that look from 20 yards away. <laughs> what look? That baiting the hook to fish for information look. Damn, man. She's good. Shut the hell up, Carter. Look, anything I can share with you is already in your father's case file. And I know you've likely already come through every word and inch of evidence, so there's really nothing to ask me. I'm just trying to understand why there aren't any other suspects even being considered. Do you all know that Lizzie had a boyfriend? And that they fell out the night she was killed? We've checked into the boyfriend. He has an alibi and was two hours away in Columbia that night. Now, if you two will excuse me, I need to get back to Larry's place and get ready because some of the family are heading there. Will you be there? I know you're like family. No. I'll probably just check in on the chief later. Okay, then. Well, see you around the station. Or actually, see you in court. I take it you'll be at the trial? Yeah. I'll be there. Damn, man. That's one cold detective. Whew. I know. With one look, how'd she take a peep into my soul like that? <laughs> oh, nah. I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about everything else. She fine as hell. The whole time we were standing here, I was praying she just wouldn't look down. <laughs> Man, shut up and come on. I need to meet my mom at her place so we can talk about things for tomorrow. I really can't believe my dad's actually on trial for murder. It's crazy. Hey, bro. I know I don't need to say it, but just for the record, I'm rooting for Pops. And I know he ain't do this shit. Thanks, man. That really means a lot. But the way folks at the station been looking at me lately, it does feel good just to hear someone say it. You know I appreciate you. For real, man. So, did Mama Bree cook anything? Because I'm hungry. Dude, we just ate in the community hall. Yeah, but that was like an hour ago. Then we walked around and talked and caught up with the folks from school. Now we got a 20-minute drive, I done worked up a whole nother appetite. <laughs> she said she made spaghetti yesterday. I swear, you've been like a bottomless pit since 8th grade. You're gonna wake up one day at 50, and you're gonna weigh like 300 pounds. So just <laughs> out of nowhere. It's gonna smack you right in the ass. Just watch. <laughs> nah, I'm be cool. And hell yeah, Mama Bree's spaghetti is my favorite. Plus, it's day two. All our seeds been sitting in that sauce overnight, and the meatballs are all juicy. Mm. <laughs> I swear your inner Chunky Carter is talking to you right now. Hey, yo, bro. Speaking of your mom's cooking, I've been meaning to run something by you. What's up? Well, just in case things don't end up looking good for Pops, and since Lizard Lenny is home, the Chief has his real son back, I just wanted you to know that I've always looked at you like a son. So, if I need to step up and be there for Sabrina, I will. She'll be safe in my arms. You know how much I love your mom. 
<laughs> Man, fuck you, bruh. Get your ass in the car and come on. Before me and Pops both be on trial. <laughs> hey, think about it and let me know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Shut the fuck up before you end up walking. <laughs> Better yet, limping. You asshole. Around this joint, it's around this joint. Around this joint, it's around this joint. Around.